Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 457 of Film Bastards. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I'm joined by... Matt Foster, hello everybody. I'm Becky Foster, hello everyone. Hello, hello, one and all. Coming up on this week's show, it's a prequel, nobody wanted, but it's here, and do people like it? Who knows, we'll find out. It's Orphan First Kill. Also, Kevin Bacon... Uh, talking about how there's no Wi-Fi, but you'd think that, that he's going to say, but with EE, you're covered because <laughs> of more mobile broadband in they slash them. And uh, we're going to have a catch-up review of the Jamie Foxx, Dave Franco, Netflix content of the week, Day Shift. Uh, also, news, trailers, what we've been watching, Twitter questions, um, and patreon.com forward slash filmbastards, where... Let's get physical is no more. Unfortunately, I hate to break this to people. Yeah, you, you dog related mishap. Yeah, you had a, an accident. Don't want to talk you? about it. No, let's not talk. About Don't want to talk about it. Let's not talk about it. But uh, the bastards box office report will be back at some point. I've been busy. Fuck you. Um, and uh, film bastards get effed. I wasn't able to get to the Wicker Man, so we don't have that either. So to be honest, actually, patrons, um, uh, you've had a lot of content and you had a special episode, so sorry, and normal service will resume. We're sorry, but uh, pay us $2 a month anyway. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? That was the perfect Uh, time. There's loads of content. There's loads of content. There's a new Hellraiser film coming out in October. You're Um, shitting me. We talked about... Oh, did you not know about... Oh, oh, Mark, Mark. It's directed by David Bruckner. Is it? Yeah. Right, so... It's... Or is it 2022? It's, it's a Hulu original, so it's probably going to be on Disney Plus <laughs> over here. And is it... Is it... Is it like a remake or a... What the fuck? All right, that's actually quite interesting, though. Yep. Um, it's debuting as part of Hulu Ween. Um, a young woman struggling with addiction comes into possession of an ancient puzzle box, unaware that its purpose is to summon the Cenobites, a group of sadistic supernatural beings from another dimension. And uh, yeah, I believe the um, the person playing uh, Pinhead is non-binary. Oh, of course, um, yes, I remember now. I thought we talked about that before. Yes. Yeah. All right, fucking here. Yeah, let's fucking go. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm not. I, I'd, I'd rather not watch another Hellraiser film. But if I was going to watch one, I'd watch one directed by David Bruckner. That's it. So, yeah. and written by let's go. yeah, written by the guys who wrote Night House as well. Yeah. Um, But yes, so there is a Hellraiser coming October 7th. We reviewed all the Hellraiser films on the Patreon last year. Yep. And and for people who don't subscribe, we didn't review them and like talk about them for like an hour as one block. We reviewed them as like two a week (laughs) for like five weeks. Yep. Like. Like I think anywhere between like half hour and forty five minute episodes, if memory serves. Yeah. Um, 
talking about the bloody Hellraiser films, and my God, is there some shite in there? Yeah, there is. Um, we, we probably did there about three and a half, four hours worth of Hellraiser. Um, yeah, chat yeah. Based on that, I, I actually, I, I've never kind of sort of sat back, and this is blowing us the smoke up our own asses here. But I've never sat back and actually thought about that. That, like, uh-huh. that as a podcast, we did a essentially a mini series that if you added it all together would be like a four hour podcast about the Hellraiser films. Right. That's not bad. You, how long do you think the Beginner's Guide to Bondage series was? Do you know what I mean? It was it was almost that as was long a, as the time it took to do from Inception. A fucking right. <laughs> fucking right. But like there there is a lot of extra content on the Patreon feed. Like, there, there's a really, really big amount of extra content. Um, the fucking... The the top 100 of the decade that we did in, like, January 2020, there's, like, two hours extra of that where we did, like, 100 through to 20, I think it was. God, yeah, me and you did that, didn't we? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Forgot about that. So, you know, I mean, like, there is so much extra content on there, and it's $2 a month. So, you know, uh, there, there, there we go. But we'll be back with Film Bastards Get F next week, and then we'll we'll see where we go uh, from there with the next marathon. But uh, we we are also a pod syndicate podcast, so please listen to Mike-minded uh, shows like The Iron Sequel, Tin Stroker vs. Punter, His Film, Her Movie, uh, The Rewatch Project, Entertainment Landfill. Great stuff. And um, yeah, uh, let's 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 get into it. So, uh, Mark, Becky, any any film news that has uh, struck you so far this week? Well, and I don't want to go into too much detail about the the whole uh, the whole Cineworld thing. Uh, but it, but this it's not not news as such. More a news article I read um, and then wanted to to hunt down the person that wrote it, um, <laughs> and I, and I'm not gonna lie, murder him. Um, but not because not because what he wrote was complete nonsense, which it was. I'll get into the nonsense of it. But just because right. not only was it nonsense and complete fucking crap, it's just that. It was the most self-centred crap I've possibly ever read about anything. So, for for anyone out there who doesn't know, the the, the parent company that owns Cineworld, or Cineworld, or the the branch of Cineworld group within that, this big conglomerate that owns Cineworld, is, is about to declare that Cineworld is going bankrupt. So, it's it, in all likelihood is the fact is that in some form or another, Cineworld is going to end up fucking closing. Now, this isn't the death of cinema thing. This was going to happen pre-pandemic anyway. The reasoning behind it is not because cinemas aren't making enough money or anything like that. It is because you have a big company that took on too much debt. Is the reasoning behind it? It is definitely yeah. not because not enough pe- there was not enough fucking screenings next week of the new George Miller film. It's not because of that. It's not because yeah. there wasn't as many IMAX screenings for everything everywhere all at once as there was for Top Gun Maverick. They are not the reasons, right? Um, right. 
But the article, so I'm not going to talk about that. What I want to is the article. Now, I haven't even remembered the guy's name in case I ever did meet him um, in the small chance, and I, I wouldn't have been able to stop myself from punching him on the nose. Um, basically started with the fact that it was the death of the cinema-going experience, um, and that, that this was it. And the reason was that he, I looked at my uh, my local Cineworld, and all there was playing there was, and he went through the films, right? And he said it was DC League of Super Pets, Minions Rise of Gru, Encanto, um, Dragon Ball Z, Top Gun Maverick, uh, Thor of Thunder, three Bollywood movies, Nope, and Orphan First Kill. It's quite a wide selection. Mm. Right? That's 11 films that he listed. Right? Yeah. And then he listed the reasons for why he didn't want to see them. So he was like, well, I don't have kids, so that rules out the first four. It's like, oh yeah, because, you know, only people who have kids can enjoy those movies. Right? But, my other point, next point there would be, it's the kids' holidays, dickhead. Next mm. was, well, I don't like Bollywood movies, so that's those three out. Right. I, I kind of hazard a guess here and say, you've never seen a Bollywood movie. And just because you don't like mm. something doesn't mean to say that cinema shouldn't cater for it. And I'm not one of the biggest advocates for Cineworld. I do have a Cineworld card. I do enjoy going. I know no problem with staff or anything there. But they could be a lot better. But the one thing they do do is they show a lot of Bollywood. And we, in this mm. country, have large Asian communities. And it's not just Asian communities that enjoy Bollywood, right? So there's those. He then said, I don't like horror, so that rules out Orphan First Kill and Nope. Well, Nope's a sci-fi film, you dickhead. Uh, and the last two films I saw at the cinema were Thor, Love and Thunder and Top Gun Maverick. Like, wait, we're going to see fucking Top Gun again. I thought, there's not going to be something out every week. What does he want to watch? But, but, that, but that was it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But, but you want to go every week? Yeah. That's not the idea. But the thing there is, there was a right, if there'd been three films on, or four films, or five films, fair enough, but there was 11 films on mm. at the cinema, that, that, that his local cine world, and he basically came up with all of these nonsense reasons for why he didn't want to see them. That's not cine world's problem. That's not cinema's problem. That's your personality's problem. <laughs> you, occasionally, people have to admit, maybe I'm the dickhead here, and he was the dickhead. And, and, and so, I mean, this, so, I got, yeah, I got thoughts about this whole thing. So, first off, it has been quite a dry run August, like, relatively speaking. If you are a mainstream film fan, as this guy aggressively seems to be i suppose maybe you had bullet train at the start of the month and but nope is pretty fucking mainstream um it like the floodgates will be opening like there's good solid not blockbuster stuff but solid stuff coming pretty much every every week now from uh, up until i don't even know when um now the things about cineworld like you said mark it is a badly run company yep. that basically leveraged debt against itself, just betting that 
there would be banger after banger after banger. So when Cineworld themselves are saying lack of blockbuster products hurting us, I do sympathise, but at the same time, they made a bet. Mm. Now, View and Odeon are not reporting anything like this. AMC, who own Odeon, actually reported decent earnings in the last couple of weeks. So this is very specifically a Cineworld problem. Now, in terms of what it means for like diversity in cinema... Uh, yes, the uh, Bollywood and Tagore and uh, cinema like that, like Cineworld, have been absolutely fantastic with, um, and that I I would be worried about that if if you know, and I actually I mean I am worried about that, but also there are so many things that Cineworld could have done to you know like varied programming, bringing bringing back older films and things like that, like. The Odeon are very good at doing retro screenings, so a showcase. Um, and it, it feels like Cineworld just steadfastly refused to do that. They'd rather have another three screens of four Love and Thunder. Now, unfortunately, they you know, Top Gun Maverick is by far and away the the biggest hit of the summer. Four Love and Thunder, I think, is only on about seven hundred and fifty million worldwide. Like that thing very much tailed off and it didn't mm. get the repeat viewings and it didn't become the behemoth in July that Cineworld were obviously expecting. I I have so much sympathy for the fucking Cineworld staff because yeah. lest we forget, during the whole furlough thing, they basically tried to fire and rehire them. Mm. Um, and they have just have not covered themselves in glory at all. I think that the outpouring of oh no what a tragedy is it, it's it's nuanced and i you know i just i i feel like there's not a lot of people going fuck them which is you know fair enough but there are a lot of people who seem to be very how dare you say that it's not the worst thing in the world that cineworld might be closing down and look in the end of the day cineworld is a brand they will be sold to someone if it does go down that point, that 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 trajectory. And honestly, I think they'll survive because some other fucking company, like I don't know, venture capital company or something like that, mm. will buy them for pennies on the pound. Yeah, it, it, and it, it, will, will yeah, then we'll be re-brand. able to have a viable business. Yeah, we'll rebrand and look at it. Whatever company will have a red and black logo <laughs> that means that all they have to do is take a few signs down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I say, I mean, it'd be stupid. They'll either be snapped up by one of the other chains, or, like you say, they'll... Yeah. They, they do need to do better, though. Whoever takes it over, if that is yeah. what happens, they need to do better. You can't have a cinema where there's nothing fucking showing till three o'clock in the afternoon. It's... It's yeah, not... It's, it's, yeah. it's not a good business model. No, they, 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 they have not dealt with everything very well you can't you can't have a is it where where you a cinema where um you make such a big deal over the unlimited card mm. and then have an app that is so bad that it thinks i'm you <laughs> it's like shit yeah. and you can't even like we used to be able to on the app i could just put mark's card number in and book both our tickets yeah. I don't do that anymore. So we have to sit there, both of us next to each other going, right, which seat are you in? Oh, I'm in blah. All right, I'll book blah. Right, click, 
confirm now. Yeah, <laughs> to make sure we get both the seats. It's fucking stupid. It is shit. The app's shit. <laughs> the screening times are shit. But it's like it's also that like that monkeying about that they did with Unlimited. It's like I'm paying like a fiver less a month than I think I, I, I actually no. I got an annual fucking thing and because it's this group one one through work. I got it for less than a hundred pound. Less than a hundred pound for a fucking year of cinema. It's a hell of a deal. It's also insane. It's like that movie pass thing in the US. Where it was like, yeah, give us $10 a month, we'll give you a card, and you can go see anything, basically anywhere, and we'll front up the cost. And th- th- that business fucking collapsed. I wonder why. And, you know, this 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 is the thing. It's like, whenever... Um, I mean, this, this, this information might be a few years out of date, and if anything, I'd imagine that the cost is more now. But basically, whenever an unlimited ticket is sold, the distributor gets... It, basically, it is charged at a rate of £3. So whatever like that the the exhibitor gets out of that they get out of it etc. So and that was that was a few years back. It's probably more like four pound five pound now. It's basic like so essentially if I go to the cinema twice in a month at Cineworld, I start eating into Cineworld's like fucking margins, mm. and it's all you can eat cinema apart from like IMAX and all that kind of stuff. It's and it's a nuts business practice. Like Odeon, after COVID, when they opened up again last year, they were like, right, for the first three months, it'll be nine ninety nine a month. Then they raised it to twelve ninety nine a month. Now it's fourteen ninety nine a month. So I'm now at the point where I've cancelled my Odeon Limitless because I'm like, I'm not paying fourteen ninety nine a month when I've got that 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 Cineworld stuff. And it's like now as well, a bit of a benefit for me. Fucking like like now. With my a car, I can get a decent fucking charge, pay a few um, a few quid, and if I also am going into work that day, if I go to work, park up, charge, go see a film after, it costs me less than a train ticket into Cardiff. I have charged my car with free electricity, essentially, and I'm seeing a film basically for free. So it's like, it just, it doesn't make any sense for me to go to Odeon. And I know that's a very specific situation, but more people will get electric cars and that kind of thing could happen in the future. But what I'm trying to say is, it's like at the moment, I am Cineworld's problem because I'm not buying any of their fucking concessions. Mm. I am going there multiple times a month, sometimes multiple times a fucking week. I went to the cinema three times this weekend. Nice. Three fucking times. You know, and I don't do that every weekend, but already I am losing Cineworld money. And well, I'm not going to pay up. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, go on. So, I mean, yeah, at the moment, we're, we're, we're probably making Cineworld money because we've not been at Cineworld as much recently, have we? No. Um, but, for instance, when we were. When, oh, the last time we did it was IMAX. Yeah. When we were. Uh, but, but, like, for instance, when we were in York and Cineworld opened around in York, we were going four or five times a week. Mm. You know, and that was every week. You know, I think we went one week. I think we went seven times in a week, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It. it, it I feel like there was more out just, at the time, though. Like, you couldn't do that. Then. And the thing is, we. That yeah. Like that week when we went an awful lot, we went. We had a day off. We went in the morning. We saw a film. We saw another film. We saw another film in the evening. We went home. Mm. You can't do that now because they don't show anything until mid-afternoon. 
the thing is if you're there for that amount of time at some point between movies you are gonna buy some popcorn buy a drink mm. buy some sweets mm. and it, it, yeah I, I i don't know it just their projection standards are poor they have by far the longest ads and trailers of any of the fucking chains well, that, by a fucking that's mile. That's a very big bugbear for, for us, hasn't it, Bex? I the thing it. is, I, I have no issue, just to put it out there, in cinemas. I have no issue with adverts and I have no issue with trailers. Part and parcel of going to the cinema, mm. perfectly fine with it. However, what I am starting to take umbrage with is the... Um, These trailers are specially selected for you. Yeah. These are supposed to be selected for you. Then two Cineworld adverts, mm. two trailers, yeah. then two Cineworld adverts, then please respect all of us by not talking on your phone, then a Pepsi Max advert that makes me hate Pepsi Max, and I fucking love yeah. Pepsi Max, and yeah. then another two Cineworld adverts, then the fucking film. I know you do IMAX, I know you do VIP, I know you do that fucking stupid kid club thing. Leave me alone. The one, the one, the, another thing that annoys me, do you get the VIP advert if, when, at you, at yours, Ian? No. Right, no. Right. We get the VIP advert probably because there's a VIP one at, at York. Because uh, I don't think we've ever had it at the Hall one, but I'm not sure. We've been for a while at the Hall one, have we? No, but I don't think we've had it until very recently at yeah. the York one either. One of the reasons why I don't like that advert is it's shot at the York one, isn't it? Yeah. And I know one of the guys that they have as the customers, and he's a cunt. <laughs> right? So every time I watch it, I'm looking at him going, he's a fucking cunt, that guy. Well, and also, it's all based around, like, it's like Downton Abbey thing, yeah. isn't it? Well, Downton Abbey was out fucking ages ago. Yeah. Don't make adverts that you're going to show for, like, a year <laughs> based around one film. Yeah. Yeah. Also, as well, right? If I get locked in a lift, I am not getting out my Cineworld card and going, maybe this will work if I swipe it down in between the lift. <laughs> that one as well. And the, the Be More Childish one, where they all bully that H that's at the end of Childish, and he looks really sad at the yeah. end. Hate that. Poor fucking letter. We'll see what comes out of the wash there, but it's like, I, I don't know. It... If Cineworld, if that business doesn't survive, another business will take up the brand name and fucking just relaunch it. Yeah, you know it, it's in the end of the day they piled on shitloads of debt. Going, we're going to be in the money. Um, offered the fucking Moody Greniger or whatever his name is, the guy who like runs it. Off, uh, got a fucking insane bonus package like agreed and like a really like high compensation in the last like review of his earnings um it, it's a it's a poorly run business and the the it, the chickens have come home to roost and you don't hear any of this with Odeon view every man showcase you know like they they are fine so this is nothing nothing to do with the quality of, of of cinema and you know the way that some films have made money over the last few months is making studios go actually shit we do still need to re- release stuff theatrically you look at the fucking hard pivot that warner brothers have done yeah. and now they're all about fucking theatrical again i mean and it, it just yeah, yeah. To, 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 to mildly move the news thing on did you see that thing about the the director of Batgirl? 
logging onto the server and finding that they've literally just deleted all the footage. footage. Somebody has pointed out, it is probable they've not deleted the footage. They have probably just moved it from an active server to an inactive server. However, it does seem odd that they have not told the actual filmmaker that they have done that. Yeah. Why... I mean, th- this is the thing, right? It's like, you've got that, but then also there was a report out yesterday where like the Warner Brothers chief has basically said, Matt Reeves can do whatever the fuck he wants at Warner Brothers. We want to be a home for filmmakers and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's like, which you was, um, which was sure strange. haven't fucking exhibited which that. Was, yeah. Because a couple of days before, and that seems like that was because, was it, was it Deadline put out a, a thing saying that they'd heard rumblings that the Batman 2... Had been put on like the on, on the back burner and was in danger of not happening. And then two days later, it was Matt Reeves is signed up to the Batman Two and can do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> Which is, I mean, it's wild because then also this Caped Crusader animated series that he, him and JJ Abrams are producing, it's been announced that's not going to go to HBO Max and they're shopping it to other networks. Mm-hmm. It's like it is fucking mad. Um, like what, what what's going on there, and how things are just being removed. Like they took off uh, a load of episodes of shows because they didn't want to have to pay fucking royalties. Yeah, and it, it, it it's it mad. It's fucking mad. Anyway, um, we talked a lot about them yeah. previously, but yeah. can, I, can I just very quickly on Matt Reeves and say something? At what point, right? In the next, what, what point within the next? It's going to happen, I reckon, in the next five to six years. At what point are people going to realise that War for the Planet of the Apes might be one of the best films of the past ten years? Uh, yeah, one hundred percent, and it's the best film he will ever make. Yeah, it's it. It just it's a again in similar veins to, to the Batman. It's a blockbuster that is not a blockbuster. But still feels like a blockbuster, but is actually a fucking harrowing story about aggression and grief. It yeah, uh, it is actual insanity that that film came out in the summer, and I understand why. Mm-hmm. But that film being a summer blockbuster is wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, yeah, that it film was fucking... Rise Dawn and War, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm not seeing more. Yeah. Was fucking brilliant. Woody Harrelson. Oh, so... Woody Harrelson is incredible in it. Why would you never? It's great. Me when I when I suggest them, they're an undertaking. They're all quite long. Planet of the Apes trilogy for next week. Then we'll see. Yeah. Nah, I said we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, don't fucking tempt me. <laughs> Let's all do it. And you're locked in. <laughs> We've got a lot on next week. I mean, I'm, it's, a, it's a bumper show next week. Is it? Um, yeah, actually, yeah. Um, oh, is it? Is Hang it? on, what have we got next week? Uh, there's something out. Like Beast is out of the cinema. Beast is out. Yeah. The Samaritan lands on Prime. Yeah, that's an uh, yeah. watch. I think there's another one as well. The invitation. The invitation. That's it. I feel like it could be done. I feel like it could be done actually as well. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. See, the thing is, I, I'm, I'm going camping on Saturday. I'm going with my annual. All right, fine. I'll go camping. I cannot imagine um, you in a fucking tent. 
yeah, yeah. Um, like literally, the the family we're going with, the the husband, he's like really outdoorsy. Um, I get on, I, I get on well with him actually, but he's um, he he does like his outdoors and his like his adventuring and stuff. And he was just like, "You're not going to bring be bringing non-alcoholic beer this time, are you, Ian?" And I was like, "No." And he was like, "Thank fuck for that." You know, because it's like I just I like if I have he knows if I'm drunk I'll basically have a good time doing anything. Yeah. So like it, it, it and like so basically the reason why I'm bringing that up is Donna has said bring your iPad, put some movies on it. If you just want to watch a fucking film, it's fine. And it's like I could definitely load up that Planet of the Apes trilogy and watch a couple of them. Fuck it, let's do it for next week then. Yay. So excited. Fucking A. Fucking A. Um, yeah, wow. Okay, cool. Uh, so, trailers. Um, what do we have? Um, Naomi Watts starring in a remake of Goodnight Mommy, which I've never seen that film. Um, but it looks, looks creepy. Yep. Did you guys see this trailer? Yeah, I, I, I'm up for this. Let's say it looks creepy, and I'm up for Naomi Watts is creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Looks interesting. Yeah. Um, and then we have a second trailer for Pinocchio. Um, I just blows my mind that it's just like here's some Disney Plus Day content. Yeah, I saw that Disney like, Plus Day content and thought, that's underwhelming. <laughs> it, but, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's like a remake of one of Disney's like properly iconic animated classics. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's just farted out on Disney Plus Day. I, I, I Stunning. Yeah. And it, it, it's just like, and some of the other things that were launching on the same days, Fall of and Thunder... <laughs> Solomon Thunder, the making of. I do not want to spend an hour and a half watching Taika Waititi go, this is how we did this, this is how we did this, cool, cool, and bits like that. <laughs> and it's like, that just sounds horrible. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, Pinocchio, fucking, it's Pinocchio. It, I don't know. Yeah, but it, we'll, it, we'll, it, we'll see. It's this month's Pinocchio movie. <laughs> I'm in it though, like yeah, wild. Um, so there's there there's that. Um, oh god, there's got to be other things. What else have we got, guys? Slumberland, a Thanksgiving I didn't movie. See this, the Jason Momoa. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you know what? I will spend um like two hours in Dreamland with um uh, Jason Momoa. Around the end of November, it's a Thanksgiving movie. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, do you know what? Yeah, that around the end of November when nights have come in, it's a little bit cold. Everyone's dying in this country because no one can afford to heat their houses. Um, <laughs> their skirt yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. Pedaling oh, really God. fast on the bike, I've got hooked up to the TV so we can watch yeah. it. Um, <laughs> Don't mark. <laughs> and watching, you know, Jason Momoa. Just fucking have a laugh with this kid in like this dream world. Just in between rolling blackouts. Yeah, I'm alright with that. Watch another four nights. <laughs> fucking hell. We'll just live at my work. There's loads of TVs. Yeah. Loads of fires. 
Anyway, but yeah, no, the film actually, yeah, it, it looks fun. It's a big. It looks like it's had money spent on it. It looks very much like there isn't a single bit that isn't green screened. But I, I'd much prefer that than some of the other stuff that gets churned out. Yeah. Yeah. At least it's not another fucking fairy tale adaptation, is it? Yeah. Well, I think. <laughs> Uh, what else? Cool. What that, else? That got a bit bleak there, Mark. Did you not do that again? <laughs> did. Um, oh, we watched the, the one that you watched last week, Ian, uh, that we watched uh, after the show. The uh, greatest beer run ever. Oh, yeah. What would you make of it? Film of the fucking year. <laughs> Genuinely, I'm, I'm excited for this. But then again, you put Zac Efron and Russell Crowe in the same movie <laughs> as each other. And I am fucking all for it. Looks a bit fucking propagandary, all American to me. I don't know whether. Nah, from reading uh, about it. I hope you're right. Apparently, it's very much not. Mm. <laughs> apparently, it is. It's him thinking that he's doing this really sort of like fun, nice thing of taking all of the people from this town a beer, but it's like, do you not know what the fuck is going on here? Mm. I hope it is that rather than the fucking caper that it's made no, up. It's, it, the they're, they're, apparently there's a it gets it's it, it's they're pitching it as being like this like like that like this feel good movie. Apparently it's just not, mm. <laughs> but it gets quite dark at points. Um, Call Jane. I think this looks really interesting. What's I that? think it looks very good. Yeah. What is it? In? Yeah. What? No. What is that? Call Jane, uh, it's a film about essentially when uh, it's when abortion was still illegal in the US, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, that could be at any point. That could be. All right, right it's now. when a, when abortion was still blanketly illegal mm. uh, in 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 most states in the US, and about essentially a it's a true story of um, the Jane Collective. Yeah, Jane yeah. Collective, a, a a group of women who helped other women get. Uh, the abortions weren't illegal they had to be approved but they had to be approved by men essentially didn't they I don't think it's just that though I think they were just like a, a women's refuge helpline yeah they were but then they, they did end up becoming very yeah. prominent in the right to choose yeah movement. right to choose movement um, but Elizabeth Banks and Sigourney Weaver as James as James yeah it looks looks, looks quite good actually doesn't it yeah, it does. Yeah, and it's almost like, wow, you have picked the right time to do this movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oddly enough, I was talking to someone at work about Queen and Slim the other day. Obviously yeah. a very different type of film, but we were saying exactly the same thing. That came out at exactly the right time for that film to come out with everything that was going on. And I think this seems like another one that's doing the same. Yep. Uh, it feels like Queen and Slim should have been bigger. Yeah, it Should have been, yeah. It, it, it got... It kind of got a little bit dumped uh, in that mm. January bit. It, it, it should have been. If Queen and Slim was around now, they'd have made a much bigger thing of it with the Daniel Kaluuya bit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, quite. Um, and and I think he'd have probably won an Academy Award for it. Um, well, of. It should have been nominated. And it won't. Was it not? Um, Alienoid. I'll take what looks like a fairly original concept for a sci-fi movie. Yeah. Seems like it's doing something different and not just retreading stuff that's already been made, so... Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's kind of like a, it's a Korean um, 
big budget uh, alien film, isn't it? Yeah. Where aliens come down and essentially seem to just like cocoon people. Yeah. And then those people end up breaking out of the cocoons and trying to fight the aliens. It's fucking weird. It looks a bit mental, but it looks massive and like a lot of money spent on it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, it looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and the last one is the Empire of the Light. The last one I've got anywhere. Oh, yes. Empire of the Light. Um, not really sure what it's about, but have a feeling that I do kind of know what it's about, but the trailer's hiding it a little bit. Apparently, according to Wikipedia, it's a love story that takes place in a coastal cinema. Yeah. But I think that the love story is between is, is set in... 80s Britain between a white woman and a black man and therefore in a coastal town in Britain therefore that will be they say be frowned upon also Toby Jones is there it did amuse me when during the bit where it was doing the cast where it was like Academy Award winner Olivia Coleman, uh, BAFTA Award winner whoever the next chap was Toby Jones uh, Academy Award winner <laughs> whoever else is in it <laughs> It, it all does go back to my feeling of Toby Jones might be one of those actors that everybody loves and everybody thinks he's great, but he might actually be crap. Richard E. Grant. I don't think he's crap. I don't think he's crap, but might actually just not be as good as people would like him to be. I don't even think it's that. He's not He's not terribly marketable, is he? No. No. If, that's my kind way of saying he's like well ugly. He's yeah. saying he's not Colin Firth. No. Oh, and uh, it, it, I saw someone on Reddit say uh, it's starring and Colin Firth as Oscar Bate, <laughs> which made me laugh. Um, it just, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, this, isn't it? Because you've got, um, obviously, we've got The Fablemans coming out as well, which is like Steven Spielberg's kind of like autobiographical film, like first film that he's written in fucking forever. Um it's like Paul Dano's playing his dad. Michelle Williams is playing his mum. Seth Rogen plays the man who Michelle Will- who Mrs. Spielberg dumped Mr. Spielberg for. Um, it's kind of wild. Um, yeah, and, it, it and does seem like th- it, this is the movie that Spielberg's been wanting to get off his chest in a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it just like this versus Empire of Light feels pretty Empire Light versus the Fablemans feels kind of like an Oscar story ready to be told yeah um and it'll be and but then you've also got Wakanda Forever and you've got Avatar 2 um I mean you've got White Noise um yeah there are various it feels like it's going to be a very 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 busy award season this year and it, again, that's the thing. Like, it has been a bit of a famine for the last month or so, but it's coming up to feast time. You know, um, I mean, we got three three thousand years of longing next week, and then we're off to the races. You know, I I, I am going to predict something. Uh, Avatar will Avatar two will do perfectly well, but we'll get nominated nominated for nothing but technical awards. I could see it. it. It just it will it 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 will not land like the last one. Lots the big, of people are going to see it. The thing is, what I will say is, 
is even Cameron is for the first time is a little bit shaky because he's re-releasing Avatar in November mm. to kind of remind people that Avatar's a thing. What is that like the sixth time he's released Avatar in the cinema? <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I, 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 the thing is, it's like the big blockbuster of choice is going to be Top Gun Maverick. Mm. You know, like that's if it, it just it feels like that is the one that people will be getting behind. You know, and it, I, I, that just feels like a pretty fucking good Oscar season. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, like just yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, anyway, Empire of Light. Let's see. It, it it kind of feels like Sam Mendes just going like, I'd really like another Oscar. That would be nice. <laughs> I'd like another Oscar because when, because at the beginning of my trailers, when I put from Oscar winning director, I don't want to put the movie that I won an Oscar for because mm. it's quite problematic. He's a very, very nice man. But Bong Joon-ho stole an Oscar from me a couple years ago. <laughs> and I just, I, I think I, I think I need to get get, get one again. Yeah. It, it honestly, his fucking his reaction when Bong Joon Ho won Best Director—that's something. Yeah, because the fact the fact that, that at the time everybody was kind of pitching the fact that it was Scorsese wasn't going to get it and um, Tarantino were wasn't going to get it, but then they both jumped up and were fucking clapping like motherfuckers uh, because both of them have been absolute champions of. Um, Bonju Ho's movies, mm. you know, yeah. sit forever. You know, they've always like been huge fans and spoke about it. Whereas, yeah, Mendes, Mendes was doing the, oh, it was was almost Joey Tribbianiing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I just fucking yeah. Um, oh man, I'm looking forward. To, like, yeah, the next few months are going to be great. It's it, it's oh, we're gonna feast. Yep. It's going to be great. And we're going to feast on Beast next week. Yes. So, um, the return of oh, Shalter Copley. I'm more interested. The fucking. What? The return of I Idris Elba. Yeah. I'm more interested in what. Oh, hell yeah. Big Lion movie with an actor I don't like is not exactly super inspiring. Uh, I, uh, yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, it, I think it's like a tight hundred minutes or so. You know, we're going to get in, we're going to get out. It's going to be fine. Um, right, so that's trailers done. Let's get into it. Oh, Ian, and I am going to start. Wait, oh, what? Wait, what? no, 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 no. What? Oh, you're going to no, like this. What? I'm going to say something to you that you're what? really going to fucking like. What? Beast is 93 minutes long. Oh, Oh, that's going to be a nice 87 or 88 before credits, that is. Fucking yeah. I, I've, I've, I've liked um, every other um, movie that um, Comic Con's done as well. That I've seen. Yeah, too right. Too right. And actually... Let's go. Yeah, I've seen everything since Contraband. So what's he done then? Twenty One Guns, Everest, Everest, uh, Adrift, um, Con- oh, yeah. Contraband, which is a fun Mark Wahlberg movie. That Adrift was good, to be honest. Um, shot by Robert Richardson as well. Adrift. Mm. Again, that's another ninety odd minute one. 
he's a good he's a good like one-off programmer director just like it's not going to be an absolute barnstormers but it's going to be a solid 3.5 or 4 yep yeah absolutely um so anyway that's beast that's next week this week i'm going to start us off with they slash them Ooh. which stars john logan uh, no, it's directed by John Logan, writer of Gladiator and Skyfall uh, and many, many other films. Yeah, Ian, balance it out. <laughs> Sorry? Balance it out there. He also wrote Alien, Alien Covenant. Covenant. <laughs> yeah, fair. And uh, Coriolanus. Yeah, I don't, I, I, to be fair, I, I wasn't necessarily going with the quality of the films, just like they slash them a low budget as fuck straight to Peacock Blumhouse film is the directorial debut of that guy. Yeah, it's a bonkers, isn't it, actually? It is fucking weird. And he wrote it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, yeah, um, so this stars The Baconator, Theo Germain, um... Uh, Anna Klumsky, uh, Carrie Preston, Quay Tan, Austin Crute, and uh, Anna Law and Monique Kim. So, what does IMDb say this is about then? A group of teenagers at an LGBTQ plus conversion camp endures unsettling psychological techniques while being stalked by a mysterious masked killer. So, Bex. Yes. They slash them feels like it might have been in your wheelhouse, but also maybe not. I'm, I, I, yeah, I do not have a read on how th- th- this would have landed with you. So, what do you make of it? Um, I mean, let, let's be honest; it's not top tier horror, is it? It's. I, th- I, I think there's an argument to state that it's barely horror. <laughs> I mean, that's my, fair. my issue is. It's two movies. You fucking hate the LGBTQ community. No, it's two movies that would have been interesting <laughs> enough separately and fleshed out a bit, mushed together so neither of them have time to breathe. Like, there's a reason that camp slasher movies are an entire genre. The simplicity and the brutality of them does not need anything else. Mm. Adding all this other stuff into the mix, which would have been decent enough as its own movie yeah not a horror necessarily unsettling kind of psychological vibes but not a horror as such take that and put it in its own movie but camp slashers just need to be camp slashers the only one that's made it work by adding extra shit to it really is for me final girls sure Mm. yeah that's a good shout final girls is very good because that's got the whole timey-wimey shit going on as well, alongside yeah, it and the fact mm, that it's a mother mm. and all that kind of stuff. But it works. Yeah. Whereas this has tried to shoehorn something in. The, the, the tones of the two separate threads are too different. Yeah, cause what was so that? it doesn't give the kids' stories mm. time to fully develop and be explored. It doesn't really make the slasher element of it scary because it's too all over the place and it's just like occasionally it's really like the actual bit where it's a slasher movie is like really compacted well that's it was it the sacrament was it that one um from eli roth where it was a 
a cult play, a cult camp. Uh, that was not Ty West. Ty West, sorry, yeah, Ty West, it was, yeah, 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 um, Sacrament. Yeah, was yeah. that? That is literally they. They although it is, it's almost like a camp one, isn't it? It, it doesn't try and turn that into a slasher. It is just that is the story. Mm. Yes, I see what you're saying. Whereas this does throw in the slasher element quite. It does try and have a slasher movie that is also set at a, a camp. So it's trying to, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, I just don't think it works. And and the thing is the. The stuff with the kids because it's not because it's not fleshed out. It feels like they've gone right. We're making a movie about the LGBTQ community. What do we need in there? We need a jock who's like really uncomfortable with the fact that he's gay. We need like the but I'm a cheerleader kind of princess girl. We need we need two trans people, one from each side. We need like a like a really camp gay guy, and it, it's just they they end up because they don't do anything with their stories feeling just like we, we need tropes. a bisexual asian yeah bisexual asian yeah she's in there and it yeah i just i think it does a disservice to both sides of the coin but i didn't hate it and the musical interlude i really really enjoyed the musical interlude where they're all singing and dancing because that made it feel like a camp horror movie not camp camp like camp yeah. set at camp um which is part of what it was trying to be. Nothing, nothing says. You and know. it was funny in that bit where the jock guy slides along on his fucking knees. That was ace. Yep. <laughs> um, and then yeah, there's, 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 oh god, that bit where Jordan's talking to Kevin's wife in the thing, and he just, she, she, what does she call him? Like a, a sad, ugly dyke. Yep. And it's like, it was like a slap in the face. That bit, like she just fucking deadpans it. They're not bad performances in it. They've just tried to squeeze in too much story and not enough of either. So yeah. And 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 that sequence feels just like a like a one off. Mm. Like it's quite slow, and the camera work is very still, and there's not a lot of cuts, and it is it is legitimately unsettling. Where and like that whole kind of it, it just it felt like a short film in its own right of just like what you know an example of what these fucking camps are like because these camps are almost fucking parodies but it's like no this is kind of an insight into what it probably is actually like having this person talk at you and make you feel like shit for trying to feel like you and like I I, I it. It felt appropriate for the film, like what the film's story was, but also everything else around it, it just didn't quite... Like like you say, it's like two films in one. Um, and it just... It's like the miseducation of Cameron, Cameron Post if uh, fucking Jason Voorhees decided to show up every 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, the, thing is, yeah, you, the thing is, you're not far off on that. It's, it's pretty no, much, you know... It, that, that, that is it, yeah. yeah. And the thing is... Cameron Post works as its own movie. What's it works as its own movie? God, what's it called? It's Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th works as its own movie. But you put them together, they don't. <laughs> yeah, almost like fucking Jason Bloom was there going, John, I, I really like this 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 conversion camp thing you've done. It, 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 it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And Bloomhouse wants to do it. Could you put Jason Voorhees in it? <laughs> mm. But I'd happily watch the film without the slasher stuff, but with more development. You I'd, know, I'd, I'd prefer to watch the slasher. 
but I've watched both of them separately but I will never watch this one of them both together again yeah fair because and uh, yeah yeah um Mark thoughts um what the thing is when it the, the opening it has remember all spoilers all the time guys uh listeners uh if you're new I'm about to spoil the opening um but when you have that opening, I was like, all right, so this is like just full fucking, this is a slasher then. You know, that, that, because that happening with the, 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 the woman getting just fucking axed in the face. Um, we were shouting at her, weren't we? Yeah. Just drive on the rim. <laughs> just drive on the rim, you dumbass. Um, yeah, and then, did it, you know, you have a good start with the fact that, you know, that, 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 that Kevin Bacon's character does come out as very much like, look, we're not here to, we're not here to tell you you're wrong. We're just here to say, look, maybe you don't need to. He lied. Yeah, he, 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 but, you're, but you know that these people are like that. But the, the thing is, you're watching it going, well, it's her. And it, 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 it's so blatantly obvious. It's her. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, from, it, from the it, moment, like she turns up and, and and she's a little bit like, oh, you know, she's really like helping her. That's like, like well, it's clearly her because it's none of the others. What? So it's her. <laughs> so, and, and and this is the thing. It's like, and it it is just like horror movie logic. But it's like that first scene. It's like. That's not a random person getting killed because this isn't a serial killer killing mm. whoever the fuck. Yeah. This is a targeted thing. So, she's been killed. One of those people is not who they say they are and it's going to be the one who is not already in a couple. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like you got that logic but then also the fact that it's like the one who's actually willing to help the kids in any fucking way at all. Yeah. It's her. So, and, yeah. And... She was obviously once a uh, a, a guest <laughs> at the camp, an attendee. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the thing is, there was fun bits that I enjoyed about it hmm. uh, that I thought were kind of fun. Um, so the best sequence is the bit where they take the boys off shooting and have the girls bake. Was quite fun. For two reasons. One, Jordan managing a fucking school the what is it? The the the, the guy. Um because he's grown up in a military family and bits like that. Mm. So you kinda of, you know that that's gonna be the case because it's mentioned earlier that that they are from a military family. Mm. So you're like, well he's they are going to know how to use a gun. Didn't enjoy him shooting the dog though. Uh, but you but again you know that's going to happen. You know that, that, that yeah. Jordan's gonna go bang. And I like that whole sequence of Kevin Bacon going. Now we have our killer. That was that was good. Yeah, you had him being kind of the nice guy, talking the absolute fucking the bullshit rhetoric that they're doing and everything like that was good. And then the baking thing was just kind of fun because that what is it? What was great? What the the bitch? Yeah. I did quite enjoy the fact that they were both clearly previous camp attendees that Kevin Bacon thinks are cured because they're married now but they have to look at pictures of their own yeah yeah yeah, yeah that, that, that's blatantly obvious yeah that he's they're still yeah, that he's still gay and she's clearly bisexual yeah um, 
but yeah, it was. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I liked her how, how, how much she was just enjoying being a dick. Of course, she did. <laughs> that was great. I sad when she so, died. Yeah, I'm... she might be a monster, but you know what? At least she was having a laugh with it. I mean, she was having a laugh with it. I, yeah, I mean. It... It's interesting because this film has been getting like really, really bad word, and on Letterbox, like the LGBTQ plus community fucking hate it. I could see um, that. And it, yeah, it's like, look, if if it if it's just not representative of, you know, of what you're expecting, and you know, fair enough, absolutely, I'm not, I'm not going to deny, I'm not going to deny that, you know, like cis white male speaking, I thought it was way too slow to start. Um, but I thought the Kevin, like the Kevin Bacon speeches, were good. Uh, Kevin Bacon's like um, making an effort. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he, he and, he's um, not he's not David Duchovny in the Craft Legacy Craft Two. Yeah, where, yeah, where yeah, he has yeah, turned up, up and got and, and just in his mind it is just called Craft Services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Old multi face Duchovny. Um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it it feels. I don't know. It feels like it was made with the best of intentions, um, but it's not a great slasher. And like you said, Bex, it doesn't explore the themes very well. I did like the complete bait and switch that it played where those two girls are going at it. And it's like, it's not graphic, but it's not not graphic. And it's like, and I, all I was thinking was, well, this is made by a straight white male. And then you've got yeah, it's probably the most explicit... No. no, John Logan is, is gay. Oh, yeah. is he gay? Yeah. Fuck. All right. Well, apo- apologies. Old white male. Um, I'll say then. Uh, but my my apologies. But then you are there, and like five minutes later, got a pretty like full on gay sex scene, mm. and it's like, you know what? Good on you because I bet you gave a lot of straight males erections during that other bit <laughs> and then it's like have. right yeah it's like yeah. going have a look ah, at this shit. it's still there <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and that i just that idea of like the honey trap yeah but it's just a fucking weird looking dude yeah. um who's just got some weird sexual energy about him which seems to honey trap other guys it's like yeah all right that's a clever idea and then the whole like because I'm assuming this is based on some sort of fact like the um electro shocking him when he sees like the 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 torture that they put him through that feels yeah. like therapy that actually could be something these fucking places do they, they that, that is so, that is based on on something that several um do so i mean that that that's that that's the thing it's like this is a film that, like I say, I feel like it's got its heart in the right place. There's letterbox reviews saying like this is homophobic and transphobic as fuck, and it's like okay, I, I, I. The thing is, I don't want to say I disagree because I, I'm not gay and I'm not trans, and like maybe that the, the experience is different. But now I know it's written and directed by a, a, a by a gay guy, then. At the very least, it can't be fucking homophobic, surely. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I just, but I don't know. I'm, I, I know that I am not sure enough about how those folks live and how they experience things. From again, as a sexual white male, 
But a heterosexual white male that did grow up around um, the gay community. Mm. Um, for, for, uh, for context, my uncle is is gay, um, has been openly gay for 30 years. Um, and I before before Pride became what it is now, which is straight white girl glitter month, um, it, when it was when it when it, it was you know Sorry. actually something that existed you know as a smaller entity and it was less um, celebrated and accepted. Mm. Um, I went to a number of them: London, you know, the Leeds one, the York one, um, and, bit, and bits like that. So. I, I do know. I don't. Wanna, I don't want to be. Well, I spoke to my gay friend, but I do know people within that community, um, and a lot of the time that when I've spoken to them about it, because I I've tried to educate myself on the the pronouns thing and bits like that to try and get an idea of right. I don't understand it. Rather than being scared of it, <laughs> which is what too many people do, let's try and understand it. And then I can I, I can come at it from that direction. Um, my opinion often is, do you know what? Fuck it. If people want to be running a different way, I, do you know what? Have I? It doesn't affect my day-to-day living, so why not? Um, but from talking to a friend, not about this movie, about something else, his thing was saying, the problem is that everybody is just too busy arguing with everybody about everything for anything to ever get sorted. It is just the same pattern as everything else that is in the world at the moment. You cannot please everybody. I think I've said it on the show before, and it's like I will use whatever pronoun anyone wants me to use, but if I forget and go heteronormative with it, please, please, I'm not doing it to offend you. And I will try and remember, which, you know, just don't fucking cancel me. Which, weirdly, I do like think that, 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 yeah. that the movie deals with that quite well at the start. With, yeah, it does. But, but then again, there's also an argument to say the movie deals with it quite well. But it doesn't, because he's been incredibly disingenuous at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, there is that. Mm. It's My feeling about that element of it is... Um, I just... I'm not sure that this complex an issue at the moment mm. um, that is that is quite literally within the two within let's be honest two of the countries where this film is going to get the most exposure the US and the UK um, where the, these particular issues are being used. To stop culture wars, I'm just not sure shoehorning them in or having a slasher movie built around them yeah. is the correct way to deal with them. Mm. Um, horror yeah. has has often very much taken on social issues, but I, I'm just I'm not sure right now at this moment this. That a movie on Peacock, like you there say there, Ian, um, yes, written by an, an openly gay man, but an openly gay white man, affluent white man in his sixties, mm. is is maybe not, maybe not just the best of ideas to start off with. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I think I think putting it 
as like essentially a plot point in a slasher movie is is it's trivializing something that's quite I mean it's it's quite raw for people. Mm. Yeah, I I, I can mm. see that. I can see that I just don't I just don't think the whole thing is that good an idea. No. <laughs> it's just it's not quite a thanks I hate it or anything like that. It's just more of a look, did we really need this? Mm. You know, Kevin Bacon's paid off that weird tax bill that he had when he got scammed in that Ponzi scheme from all his e-money. Does he really need to be doing this? He likes a bit of the Blumhouse, though. He was in that um, You Should Have Left. Yeah. I think that was a Blumhouse. I quite enjoyed that. I'm not against the the idea of, 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 of these type things. I just... I'm just not sure that this was the right movie to deal with it. If they're done, they need to be done better. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I, I'm touching cloth on it. Um, yeah, I am. Cause I, cause I, I actually don't think it's shit. But I don't think it's that good either. So, yeah. Where are you, Yeah. Best? Bex? Try to think. Just to point out, our audience poll was 100% shit. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. I, I, See, the thing is, we're not judging it on whether we enjoyed it. We're judging on, on the quality of the film, aren't we? And if, you, if it's judged based on that, then it, it is shit because the two things it's trying no, it's to do enjoyed it fails it. at. But I didn't hate it. Then you're definitely then you're touching cloth. Then. Okay. You're in between it being shit and you actually yeah. kind of enjoying it. That's literally mm. what we invented touching cloth for. Okay. Look, I mean, yeah, I mean that that, that, that the, the, the way I think about our ratings, touching cloth is a two point five out of five. It's a two point five yeah. out of five for me. That's that, that so, that's what I will yeah. be giving this on Letterbox. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, hey, Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, love? Oh, yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million Absolutely times. Absolutely nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you could sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that doesn't make you a weird person at uh, all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show of or a, a franchise. beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and, I don't know, Smallville. <laughs> Farscape. Quantum Leap. To giving up finding new content on Netflix and just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation or... Parks and Recreation. I think that we can all agree. There's a lot to be said for that. You can't beat a good rewatch. So, with that in mind, join Anna and Mike from Chinstroke vs. Panzer as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for the rewatch project with Hannah and Mike 
on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be, or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lead up. I'm actually gonna build up. I'm gonna build up. So I'm not gonna talk about the film that I was gonna talk about. I'm gonna talk about a little film by the name of Day Shift. A film which I watched on Sunday night and I was filling in my um letterboxed uh yesterday and I literally had to listen to the voice memo I sent to you guys <laughs> about what we were covering this week to remember what else I'd watched. <laughs> So, it is very much the Netflix content of the week. It is Day Shift, which is directed by um, uh, J.J. Perry and stars Jamie Foxx, Dave Franco, Natasha Lou Bordizo, Megan Good, and Carla Souza. Oh, and Scott Adkins is in there for like a scene. Um, With Steve Howie. Yeah, hell yeah. a hard-working blue-collar dad who just wants to provide a good life for his quick-witted 10-year-old daughter. Uh, um, okay, terrible synopsis, because that's not a sentence. <laughs> a hard-working blue-collar dad who just wants to provide a good life for his quick-witted 10-year-old daughter. Yes, it is, actually. Let me just read that again. No, hang on. No, sorry. God, I feel like this is fucking... What was that name that I kept on saying over and over again? I'm, I'm not going to remember it. Don't worry. Journey Smollett. So, Journey uh, Smollett. J- Journey... Journey... Journey Smollett. Journey. Journey Smollett. Yeah, that's not a real name. A Okay. A hard-working, blue-collar dad who just wants to provide a good life for his quick-witted 10-year-old daughter. I suppose that kind of is a sentence, but you're expecting, like, almost like, blah, blah, blah. A hard-working blue-collar dad who just wants to provide a good life for his quick-witted 10-year-old daughter. But you haven't really introduced who it is. Yeah, just saying just, just, just anyway. missed, it seems like it's missed at the beginning of the sentence. Bad grammar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah. Okay, but it does kind of make sense. His mundane San Fernando Valley pool cleaning job is a front for his real source of income, Hunting and killing vampires. That's not a plot summary. Nope. That's a couple of sentences. Um, right, so what is it about? So yeah, Jamie Foxx is a guy who uh, fronts up as a pool cleaner, but he actually hunts vampires, and there's this whole kind of vampire hunting economy. Um, his ex-wife is threatening to move uh, uh, their daughter and she to Florida, so he's got a few days to come up with a uh, bunch of money by killing vampires. Dave Franco uh, plays a union rep uh, because there's a vampire hunting union who uh, joins uh, Jamie Foxx to make sure that he is um, sticking by union rules. Yeah? Yeah. Bit longer than two sentences, but it was the plot. Um, So... The Netflix content of the week, Day Shift. Mark, what did you make of it? Um, well, for a start off, the it, it, it's, it very much sets itself out as being like a movie that should have kind of been made in the mid to late 90s. Um, and then doesn't get out of that at all. Um, it, the whole thing is predicated around the fact that 
Jamie Foxx is nowhere near as charismatic as, as as films that he gets cast in seem to think he is. Um, and Snoop isn't actually as cool <coughs> as people think he is. The idea of Snoop is until Snooping comes in and exists and starts talking rather than rapping, and then he becomes less cool. And yes, I'm saying that Snoop in this is less cool than the Just Eat adverts. And yeah, and then you throw in Dave Franco in a, a role that he really should have stopped doing ten years ago. Um, it's kind of boring. It's really boring. His day shift. It's just, it's boring, and it shouldn't be boring. It should actually be fairly entertaining, but the the whole vampire a. It might have just been me, but I kind of thought, it, once it became apparent that people didn't know that vampires existed, I thought, oh, I thought this was just like a world where people kind of knew vampires existed. <laughs> uh, and that was just it. Um, but no, apparently it wasn't. Apparently no one knew that these vampires were everywhere. Um, and yeah, the, 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 the big like, oh, she's got an amazing plan is just sunscreen? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. loads of sunscreen. I was thinking that she'd like you know, like in what's it? It's day day. Oh god, that one with that man in. Daywalkers or something. I don't know what's the yeah one. the one with Ethan Hawke. Yeah, Ethan, Ethan Hawke. Yeah. That was it. Like he was like doing like a whole thing. It was like magic based or something. Wasn't yeah. It? I thought it was going to be something like that or something like some kind of chemical formula that they could inject so they could yeah. in the sun. No, just fucking sunscreen. Yeah, just 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 yeah. a fuckload of sunscreen. Why not? Have at it. Yeah. Um Dave Franco just constantly pissing himself was just a bit mm. Really? Mm. Is the it, is this all you've got? Action sequences that go on way too long. Um and yeah, and, and Jamie Foxx really, really, really just wanting to his family to stay and be close to them, yet ex- exhibiting none of the things that make it anywhere near a good parent. Oh shit, I forgot to pick up the kid again. Yeah, yeah, they should have maybe had him be better at that bit. Better at a bit of dad, yeah. yeah. You know, bit of a deadbeat, not contributing and stuff like that, but actually yeah, turns up on time to places, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really like it, and, and, and I'm kind of annoyed that I didn't like it, but I didn't like it. And I'm looking, Jesus Christ, Netflix, you don't do yourself any favours, do you? Fucking hundred million budget on that movie. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah, yep. <laughs> Doug, <laughs> why? Yeah. Where? <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> yeah. It's just... I mean, what? The, the, the fun thing is, the contor- using contortionists as zombies, so it wasn't just bad, like, CG, was a really fucking good idea. And you can tell that has been done by a, a essentially, a stunt guy. Vampires. What, what did I say? Zombies. Same thing. Zombies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean they're, they're not, but fine. Yeah, but yeah, let's be honest. In a week's time, if I was to ask you, Day Shift, is it about zombies or vampires? I reckon I could convince you it might be about zombies because you won't have remembered anything that sure. happened in it. Sure. 
Yeah. What well, can someone else start now? Because I feel like I've been really, I've been really miserable. You are a bit. No. Yeah. Okay. Go on, Bex. See, we had a whole conversation after we watched this, didn't we? Where I was like, I don't know whether I just give content more of a free pass than I give real films. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, if it just drops on Amazon Prime or Netflix or something, I feel like I hold it to different standards. Yeah. Which I shouldn't, but I feel like I do. Because no effort has to be put into going to see them. Yes. They're not a time drain so much, are they? No. If I see a film in the cinema, I want it to be a really good film. Because travel time... There's potential expense if we go into somewhere that isn't Cineworld. There's, I mean, travel time. I'm going to put that twice. We have to get there and back. There's the time of the movies. There's the 14,000 Cineworld adverts you have to sit through first. We get it. Whereas if you're just watching it on Netflix, it's easy. So, I, yeah. So, I think maybe that's why I didn't hate it as much as you. Um, I had a good enough time with it. Didn't we watch it on a Sunday morning or something? Yeah, we watched it on a Sunday morning. Yeah, it was fine. It was set somewhere nice and sunny it was a Sunday morning I like Dave Franco Jamie Foxx cannot carry a movie uh, novelty casting annoys me so Snoop Dogg being in it was, was irritating um, the the fact that vampire movies just seem to completely ignore like vampire like what vampires are supposed to be vulnerable to or what they're supposed to do when they're killed and all this kind of stuff that's been built up over years and years that's just ignored now that always really annoys me mm. but still I didn't hate it fair play that, yeah 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 I don't I mean I I think I was maybe expecting slightly more because it, at the start it says it's a 87-11 production and they're like the stunt team who have been working on the John Wick films and um I think Chad Stahelski is maybe like an executive producer on this um or produced it I feel like that's probably one, um, of, the, one of the things it does really well though is the fight choreography yeah yeah and it's like I, I kind of wish there was just one or two more fights <laughs> yeah. um I probably would have taken another fight over the car chase um which was fine but yeah I, I, I don't know I mean Dave Franco, utterly miscast for yeah. me. Um, should not be playing the nerdy, nervous second guy when in the Neighbours films he very convincingly plays a frat guy. And I mean, yes, okay, um, actors can have range, but it just... With Dave Franco, I have a little bit of stay in your lane, Dave, and let maybe let nerdy actors have a chance Dave Franco is so, 37 um, years old he shouldn't be playing that character and, and and there you go Dave Franco is uh, nearly as old as I am and I shouldn't be playing that character yeah. Dave Franco uh, but, it, yeah, it, it, no, it, no. is that old and everybody who is watching this movie knows that he went home and fucked Alison Brie after it so he shouldn't be playing that character <laughs> also a fair point yeah, yeah it, it's I don't yeah I don't know I mean I, I, I kind of checked out um, the Scott Adkins fight, by far the best sequence in it. Um, 
was momentarily shocked when Dave Franco was killed, and then it's just like, right, uh, uh, fine, okay, he's just gonna still be alive then, is he? Alright, uh, right, whatever, fine. I, I was thinking like, shit, okay, great, this has actually got some stakes, no pun intended. And then, <laughs> th- there you go. Um, it, it just, it's a very, very three out of five film for me. I can't say it's shit, because it passed the time absolutely fine, but it was just in one eye out the other. Um, and it, it, it kind of felt like Netflix was smelling franchise with it. And it just, why? Mm. Why? A, a hundred million dollars. Surely that must just be the actor's salaries of that to make up for the fact they're not going to get any fucking residuals. Like, I, I don't I don't get how that costs a hundred million dollars. Like, the, the action sequences are good and it looks good and whatnot, but a lot of films look good and don't cost $100 million. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like we can move on. Like, definitely not shit, but a real fucking... Eh, definitely not shit. Yeah, ain't shit. Yeah, all right. Yeah, fine. Uh, what do you think, Bex? Yeah, it's definitely not shit for me. It's not offensive enough to be shit. Well, our audience poll is definitely not shit, uh, 33%, touching cloth, 44%, and shit, 22%. Yeah, all right. It's kind of all over the place. Like, we are a little bit with it, to be fair, I think. So, uh, all right then, Mark, Bex, what have you guys been watching this week? Uh, I, I literally, uh, from having a, a, a weirdly kind of like all over week, I've only actually watched one other movie. Well, we haven't watched anything together yeah. other than these movies, have we? We haven't, no. No. Uh, so I'll do mine, because I think you've got a few, haven't you, Bex? They are all of a theme, though. They're all of a theme. Mine's of a theme as well. Go on. I watched the uh, Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock comedy Two Weeks Notice. Wow. Mm. Uh, oh. Two Weeks Notice, essentially, is, for anyone who hasn't seen it, the three people in the world that might not have seen it, because it's a great movie, um, is Sandra Bullock plays a um, a very liberal um, lawyer um, who ends up protesting against um, a development that um, the company, the uh, the the weird company that Hugh Grant happens to be of the family dynasty for um, is building and they happen to run into each other as she's protesting it and he instead of kind of like shooting her down or anything like that decides to hire her as his lawyer because it will annoy his brother so he's like the in typical Hugh Grant fashion he's the playboy idiot brother that kind of just they send out to sort of open things and do bits like that and be like the face of it all um, and it goes exactly as you would think it does. They end up falling, in, you know, for each other, and he becomes a better person, and she becomes a less fucking whiny person. Um, but the thing is, what I will say on this: recently, like in the past four or five years, we've had this like this new wave of people going, "Oh, isn't Hugh Grant great?" All of a sudden. Yeah. Like, you know, based on things like... I think Paddington 2, I think, had a large thing to do with it, <laughs> didn't it? Um, and, you know, the fact that he's quite outspoken against the Conservative government at the moment. And bits like that. And I almost a little bit like, no, actually, Hugh Grant's been pretty fucking good 
throughout his career. <laughs> yeah, but he did a lot of shit rom-coms, didn't he? But, but that was his lane. Yeah, but he even he regrets getting in that lane. I, no, I, I think he regrets it from an acting point of view. I reckon when he looks at his life and goes, although... <laughs> yeah, possibly. Although getting paid an awful lot of money <laughs> to essentially just doss about <laughs> was quite good. Um, but these rom-coms that people uh, play down include things like Ford's The Funeral, which is great. Um, it was two great weeks at notice. The time. I reckon if you went back and rewatched that, it's shit. I reckon it's still good. Uh, yeah, you do have to. It's mm, interesting. Um, I reckon it still stands up as being as being fun. Well, that can be homework for you this week, then. Well, I fucking will. Okay. <laughs> Gladly. I just I don't think that it is anywhere near as, as bad as people would like to remember him being. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen him and thought he's bad in that. I just. I think he's made bad film choices from a from a film fan's point of view. No one's putting Notting Hill in their fucking top ten movies of all time, are they? It's shite. Not film fans, but as we often say, film isn't just for obsessives. It's for everybody. No, but I think. And I guarantee there's a lot of people out there that will put Notting Hill in their top ten movies of all time. Granted, these people might be like Michael Owen and have only seen, like, fucking eight films. I was films. just thinking about Michael Owen. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they exist. And two weeks' notice is... Well, all I'm saying here is, right, two weeks' notice is a good film. Okay. Sandy V's in it being her adorable self. Yeah. And Hugh Grant's in it being his adorable foppish self. Mm. There's a very good moment where... He pages her um, to get to come because he's having an emergency. When she gets there, he basically says, I can't pick out a suit for tonight. <laughs> and so she's like, are you kidding me? This isn't an emergency. <laughs> I was I, I was at my friend's wedding. I was, they were literally about to get married. He's like, then why did you come here? And she's like, because you said it was an emergency. She went, not that kind of emergency. <laughs> and she's like, why can't you pick out a suit? It's like, I used to be able to do these things, but now I've got you to do, the, to do them. I can't think of anything. I'm basically a child. <laughs> so she picks out all the suit and then walks out and he goes, haven't left me a shirt. <laughs> and then looks down and goes, I'm already wearing a shirt. And it's just, there's a lot of actors that can't pull that off. Hmm. But Hugh Grant pulls it off perfectly. It is not perfect. For the way that he does it, <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I'm not casting any aspersions on Two Weeks Notice. I've not seen it. I don't care what people say. If you are a fan of rom coms, Two Weeks Notice is up there as, as a high tier of rom com. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Want Ian Love actually? Yes. That's a piece of shit as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not a fan of Love actually, but partially because of Martin McCutcheon. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I don't and the like. Rest of it. Yeah, I don't like singers who who, who purposefully don't enunciate their actual words. That is that that is objectively a terrible film. Lots of people like it. Well, yeah, but, but I, I feel like they've probably not seen it in a while. It's problematic as fuck. Is that film? Donna watches it every year, mate. Wow. I'm just saying that people can like what they like. Sure. And a lot of people like two weeks notice. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Go on, Bex. 
What are you watching? Well, I just watch a lot of the Marvel shit. So they all they're all starting to blend into one. To be honest with you, um, I think <laughs> last. One, but you keep on watching them. I know. Sorry. It's a thing now. It, you, nah. <laughs> yeah. Can I say an Age of Ultron thing? Can I just quickly whip in before you do the Age of Ultron bit? Mm. So, at my work, we have an autism awareness thing every Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. So the first couple of hours, no music lights till now. I think I've said this before, um, and. We have a kid, a woman who comes in with her kid uh, who is, is autistic and he's in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not going to buy a bag or anything like that. The woman's coming in to look at bags. It's like not every week, every few weeks, mm. right? Um, and she was looking around and he was essentially in the wheelchair uh, nearly. And he, he, had, um, he, he had his iPad and he was watching a movie. And he kept looking up at me. And I just thought, I said, very calmly because... I've been pre-warned by his mum. Look, he, he's he's autistic. It's quite he can get quite jittery around people. Mm. Uh, I just asked what he was watching, and he told me he was watching Age of Ultron. That seems like a lot of sensory input. Um, and so I had a little conversation mm. with him about Age of Ultron. Um, and then a couple of weeks later, comes in again. And I ask, and he's he, with, with there, his mum's looking around, and I asked the kid, and he was watching another film, and I asked what he was watching. And he said, Age of Ultron. So I tried to went, oh, again, and that. a few weeks later, comes in again. What are you watching? Age of Ultron. And I sort of turned around and looked at his mum, and she turned around and went, the only film he watches is Age of Ultron. She said, he, he watches the other Marvel movies, he watches them. And then he never he won't watch them again. So, but he watches Age of Ultron at least twice a day. That's wild. He fucking loves it. Just I mean, just talks to a kid about Age of Ultron shitloads. And do you know what? I love it when he comes in because when they come in, I think I get to talk to this kid about fucking Age of Ultron for the next ten minutes. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, God, if it takes him to his happy place and it, it. it helps him feel grounded, and I mean, that's, that's yeah, wonderful. Though. Fair yeah, play. But, the, the, the mum at one point turned around to me and said, sorry to jump on your specs. Sorry? Said, turned around and said, said it, it's mad, he will not, he will hardly ever talk to anybody that he doesn't know. Um, but he manages to talk to you every other week about Age of Ultron for 10 minutes. I said, yep, fine with that. <laughs> I will happily keep talking to this kid about Age of Ultron. Mm. Now you talk about Age of Ultron for a little bit. I don't know if I can follow that up. Um, yeah, Age of Ultron. Um, I actually really like Age of Ultron. Um, it's, it's great in context of what's happened since. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, obviously, you get Viz coming into it. Um, it's still weed in but it's not as weed in as the first Avengers one is. So it's a bit less insufferable given the wider weed and context. Um, the st- the like the the threat is a bit more local than in Avengers, given that it's something yep. that Tony makes. It's not just faceless aliens coming from wherever the fuck and wreaking havoc. It's actually you know there's 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 depth there. Um, it's um, yeah. James Spader. Spider, yeah. 
Ultron. The thing is, if you described Ultron to like anybody and said it's this, and you explained what it was, and you went, "Who voiced it?" You'd be like, "It's got to be James fucking Spider." <laughs> it's like there was nobody else that you could have got mm. to have voiced Ultron other than Spider. But no, really, really good. Um, I always enjoy it more than I remember having enjoyed it previously whenever I watch it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, sets up conflicts and blah, 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 blah. Um, it is Age of Ultron, though, very quickly. Is it the one with that fucking hideous opening, though? With that slow-mo shot of the ball? I love that. Oh, it's... it's Oh, I like that. It's grotesque. It's basically a poster. Yeah, yeah. it's horrible. <laughs> um, yeah, so I really enjoyed that. Then I nearly skipped this one, but I decided not to. What? So I watched Ant Man. <laughs> the side, the side mission MCU films. Just I don't know. I've I've had less patience with them. Like I really nearly skipped watching Guardians of the Galaxy two. You skipped well. Guardians 1. I skipped Guardians 1. I've seen that in millions of times, but I, I also nearly skipped Guardians 2 as well. And then decided against it. But we'll get to that. Well, we'll get to that next week because I've not finished it. Um, yeah, Ant-Man's, Ant-Man's fine. It's, it's not great. It introduces a character that then has stuff to do in further films, but... It's a bit like I don't know. I, th- I think hmm, I think because there's such a clear route through the movies. When you get then like an Ant Man, which is not on that route, it's about a completely separate thing. Mm. Um, it's a bit like derails you a little bit. I think. I think when you're watching them all quite close together, and you're like, right, we're ramping up towards. Um, Infinity War and Endgame, things are starting to like be introduced now that feeds into that particular storyline. And then you've got Ant-Man, and it's like, oh, right, let's go do this with this guy. <laughs> but I think if I was watching them <clears throat> at a more normal rate, yeah. I'd watch them like one a week or something like that even, I think it would be like, oh yeah, because... Yeah, it's a little bit of a break from, from, from that. Yeah. From, yeah. And it starts getting quite heavy as well, like... Um, with the yeah I mean you've got you've got now like Tony starting to become the Tony that is like having conflict with the rest of them and really really wants out of it wants to be a family man he's having panic attacks he's really worried about what's going to happen and all this kind of stuff and it's it's starting to get quite psychologically heavy on the main story thread does that make sense? yes yeah. So yeah, Ant Man is it's it's a bit of a break. Um, what's his name? His little friend that 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 bit where he does recaps of stories will never not be funny. <laughs> Love that. Um, and yeah, it it, it feels it... relatively throwaway, but I think the stuff that comes from it in further movies in the well, specifically the character that needed to be introduced. Yeah. So Ant Man, then. I got. A, Go on. Sorry, just to, like before you move on, I got to say, Michael Pena, like he was asked like this week about whether he's in Ant Man three, and he was just like, 
Look, I don't know what to tell you. I don't even know why people are even asking me stuff like that anymore. Like, just with the whole, like, can you say you're in a Marvel film or not? And he's just like, I don't even know why you're asking. You know I'm not going to be able to tell you anything. Just fuck off, you know. Like, and I, I was just like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's the way to do it, Michael Pena. Just like, fucking just go away. <laughs> Good on you. And it, but this is the thing, and it's like even Michael Pena, who is great in the Ant Man films, but he's also the fourth or fifth character in the Ant Man films, now doesn't know whether he's allowed to say whether he's in a film. <laughs> Do you think he's, he just doesn't know? <laughs> no, but I mean, well, yeah, you'd hopefully he knows. Otherwise, that's a huge problem considering it's done. But um. I don't know. I mean, like, it just, it seemed like he was just, you know, I'm going to get fucking shot for saying anything about any fucking Marvel film I'm in. So why are you even bothering? Andrew Garfield needs to do that next time he's asked about any fucking Marvel project. (laughs) Anyway, sorry, Beck. No, it's alright. So, yeah, so then I watched Civil War. No point saying too much of a, about Civil War. We've spoken about it many, many times. It's a fucking banger. Um, it's probably the best Marvel film. Yeah, easily the best Marvel film. Um, the conflict between Cap and Tony is done really well. It's it's a really it's got a depth and emotion and a darkness and a maturity to it that none of the others really have. Mm. Um. Yeah. Then I watched Doctor Strange, which does not have those things. I thought you quite like Doctor Strange. It's fine. It's quite throwaway the first one, isn't it? Again, but it feeds into the larger picture with the time stone and stuff. Yeah. And obviously introduces the concept of a multiverse. And Scott Adkins is in it. Yes, he is, isn't he? He plays one of like the guys trying to kick his ass. The henchman, gets, yeah, guy. Then gets yeah. his ass kicked by the cloak, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, there's some good stuff in it. Some good effects. There's Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, yeah, yeah. You don't seem too impressed with effects. Do you know what? I think again, watching it as I'm watching it. I'm basically treating it as one continuous thing and I stop when I stop. So if I stop halfway through a movie and then the next night I watch the end half of that and the first half of another one, I'm just treating it as like a long continuous thing. So there's no real breaks, but it is highlighting issues in tone between different, you know, but they're not, they're not all the same thing. So, you know, it makes sense, but. Fair enough. Yeah, that was me. Cool. Cool. Yep. Is that was all for you as well? Was it, Mark? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It was. Right. So uh, I've got a few things. I've got a few things. Um. So let me just bring up my old listy. Um. So my one rewatch of the week. I went to the cinema and I watched Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Uh, because there is a new 4K director's edition 
out. Um, so Star Trek the motion picture, people jokingly refer to it as the motionless picture. Um, and I was in a pretty fucking well-attended Sunday afternoon screening. Uh, where it was me and a bunch of fucking nerds. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was great. It was great. Um, I mean, the I mean, the audience was great. The, the atmosphere was good, and people were fucking locked in. Like you could hear a fucking pin drop. It was brilliant. Um, now the thing is for Star Trek: The Motion Picture, is that you know they brought in. Doug Trumbull, who did the, like the effects for 2001 A Space Odyssey and directed Silent Running. It's directed by Robert Wise, who directed West Side Story and The Day the Earth Stood Still. Um, it's this big, lavish, it was shot on 70mm at the time, you know, like a fucking movie movie. Yep. Like, cinema film. So much of the imagery is incredible. And the plot. <laughs> itself is actually really really interesting and like the twist in it is like legit fantastic actually but that film is also well out over two hours long and so much of it is just staring at things um it is by equal parts fascinating entertaining and boring um (laughs) It's kind of incredible. And, I mean, like, uh, Chinstroker Mike is just a massive, massive fan of it. And he's a massive Star Trek fan anyway. And absolutely, if you just, like, key into the the vibe of this film, yeah, man. You know, take some fucking edibles and go off. Like, it, it, it's... It, uh, yeah, I mean, it is a visual experience, but it's also probably a hundred minutes of plot in a hundred and thirty-minute film. Um, but when it's on, it's really, really, really on. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, just in case people haven't seen Star Trek: The Motion Picture, I'm not going to say, but genuinely, it's not a film that's like known for the twist. But it is cool. The idea of what the, the the enemy in this film is, is cool. And the solution is horny as fuck. And I love it. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. Like, there is a person who makes a sacrifice in Bunny Ears. And it's just like... Yeah, but you're kind of turned on by it, aren't you, bud? And I'll leave it there. Um, so, Star Trek, the motion picture, good stuff. Rafa Khan's playing in cinemas, I think, next weekend. I'm a fucking go. Can't wait. Um, I wish they were doing all of them. They're only doing Star Trek, the motion picture, and Star Trek 2 in the cinema. I'll probably end up watching the whole fucking run, even like the, the three new ones. <laughs> I can see me doing that now. Um, back in the zone with so, it. Star Trek, the motion... Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, So, Star Trek The Motion Picture. Uh, Also went to the cinema and checked out with Lottie DC League of Super Pets. I've done it. I've been inducted into the league. So, this film 
has a seven bucks production company logo at the start, which is the Rock's production company. Of course, First time I've seen that. Yeah, of course it does. Along with DC and Warner Brothers, there he is. Because the Rock always wanted to play Superman's dog ever since he was a young yep. boy, and he saw a dog and went, "That's not Superman's dog." <clears throat> Ever since I ate my first can of dog food, I wondered what would it be like if I was eating this, but I was a super dog. Um, so, DC League of Super Pets. It's probably the, the most entertained I'll be by The Rock in a film this year. <laughs> um, I... It's, it's fine. Um, but... It really, really, really wants to be its own franchise. Like Dwayne Johnson really, really, really wants the like the under ten audience to love him. Like he wants everybody to love him. And this is the way that he's gonna get them to love him because he's gonna be crypto. Um and sure Keanu Reeves, good Batman. Good Batman. Enjoyed his Batman. I think John Hamm was Superman. I couldn't really tell. But, cool. Keanu Reeves, good Batman. Um, Had a couple of decent laughs. It's John Krasinski and, was Superman. Uh, oh, is it John Krasinski? Fine, yeah, we, fine. I, 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 one of the Johns. I, I think you're okay to confuse those two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just one of the Johns. Yeah. Um, you know, the Chris's have got some fun factors, the John's not so much. Yeah. Um Yeah, okay, John Krasinski is Superman, cool. Yeah, sure. Um and but Lottie fucking loved it. The kids in the audience fucking loved it. Fucking loved it, up. loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. It worked for the target audience. You know, so I enjoyed Lottie enjoying it. I thought I thought it was fine. There's a mid credits bit where Black Adam comes along with his dog, and they're both also voiced by Dwayne Johnson. And it is a little bit like, what's going on here? This film was originally supposed to come out after Black Adam. Black Adam was supposed to have the July slot, but um, COVID-related delays in finishing the effects meant that they basically switched slots. And my word would that have made way more sense if Black Adam had come first and people fucking knew what was happening. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, wow. Um, but yeah, DC League of Super Pets. I don't know. Kate McKinnon plays a hairless guinea pig who's basically in love with Lex Luthor, who is voiced by Mark Maron. Can't hate that. Fair enough. Mark Maron, decent Lex Luthor. Um, go get your paycheck, King. You know, you know, just cool. Why not? Um, yeah, yeah. DC League of Super Pets. Uh, and then I also uh, caught up with Operation Mincemeat, which is the Colin Firth World War Two film. Because, sure, why not? Um. Based on a fucking crazy true life story of uh, a, a a bit of fucking skullduggery in World War Two, what I pro- think was probably not real life was a Kelly McFadden 
Uh, Kelly McDonald, Matthew McFadden, Colin Firth, Love Triangle. Uh, and then that takes up a surprising amount of the runtime. I don't want to see Kelly McDonald get with Colin Firth or Matthew McFadden, really. Like, she's her own woman. Go, Kelly McDonald. Um, and I've got to watch a lot of, like, Colin Firth getting close to her and it just being wrong because he's got a wife and kids who are in America being safe. Um, and yeah, it's nearly two hours long. A lot of it is a weird love triangle. Um, but also, this mission apparently couldn't have been completed without a dude giving hand jobs to people. And it's like, what's going on here? It's brilliant. <laughs> like, literally, there is one bit where someone convinces it, like, a guy convinces another guy to do something by fucking giving him a swift handy while they're chatting. And it's like, is this based on facts? And that's kind of, if that's in this movie, you've kind of got to believe that that must be based on facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is the thing. It's like, it's got stuff in it that I'm not, like, just like, oh, fucking whatever. You're going to put a love triangle in this. Really? But then also, blimey, Charlie, this guy's fucking wanking that guy off. <laughs> um, it is. And I'm uh, back in the game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's in the dressing of, like, a film only dads would love. It's... Like, my dad, if he was still alive, he would have watched this, and he would have been like... I mean, it would have been alright if I didn't see the guy wanking the other guy off. You know, and, uh, that, you know, and uh, that was my dad, you know, and it, 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 it feels like it was made for him. He called, fucking hell, he called American films Yankee films. It's like, what? I don't, my, yeah, my dad was a fucking weird dude. Um, may he rest in peace, I suppose. But yeah, like uh, Operation Mincemeat, just a film my dad would have liked if there weren't people wanking each other off. Fair play. Put that on the poster. So... Let's move on from wanking each other off to me jerking off while I'm watching. Oh, no, shit. Oh, God, no. Um, I was not wanking while watching Orphan First Kill. Um, abort, abort, abort. You've not had a lot of luck with that today, yeah. Um, we we re-recorded the intro. Um, to think right no, I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be cards on the table, right? Isabel Furman, her Twitter, she's obviously really really not trying to look like Esther, and I understand why. Isabel Furman, good looking woman. Yep. Have you seen her Twitter picture? Yep. Good looking woman. She is, yeah. Um, and I think just, yeah. I've, uh, yeah, anyway. That got really weird. <laughs> Directed by William Brent Bell. Um, I'm not going to cut it out. 
um, starring Isabel Furman and Julia Stiles. Um, let's see what IMDb says about this. I've done a number on myself now, I'll be <laughs> honest. A little bit. <laughs> Um, after orchestrating a brilliant escape from an Estonian psychiatric facility, Esther travels to America by impersonating the missing daughter of a wealthy family. Right, so, all spoilers, all the time! Because that is kind of the plot. Yeah. It is kind of the plot. Kind of the plot. Um, I'm going to start on this one. William Brent Bell is in the blank check parlance a vulgar auteur. That guy, absolutely, I'm starting to go, you can tell what a William Brent Bell film is. <laughs> Fair play, yeah, yeah. Um... It is just getting a budget to get a cinematic release and then being a bit gonzo, but not to the same quality as James Wan. If you're doing that, you are probably William Brent Bell. <laughs> I, I think he'd take that. <laughs> I think he would as well. Right. So this is the guy who directed The Boy and The Boy 2. The Boy 2, a film made by someone you would have thought would have looked at the poster of The Boy and gone, right, I know what I'm doing here. But directed by the same person. <laughs> yeah. And it's now come to Orphan First Kill and has made a film that has no reason for existing. Nope. None. Absolutely zero. Yep. And yet... Even less reason to be a prequel. And even less reason to be called First Kill, seeing as she's already done it before. It's a prequel. Yep. In the I thought she'd killed before this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not even... But it's the orphan's first kill. She's not an orphan at the point that she kills them. I don't know just saying. I'm saying that that, that that is the logic it's going for. It doesn't make sense, yeah. No. She's killed a family. That's why she's in the Institute. I agree with Guys, guys, guys. Yeah, Unfilmed the William Brent Bell. Who cares? Unfilmed the William Brent Bell. You just go with it. Um. This, but... I, like many others enjoyed uh, Orphan First Kill quite a bit. I think it does a fucking banging job of the first half to two thirds going, this is exactly the film you thought it was going to be. Tra la 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 la. She's going to be discovered at some point and then slaps you about the face and went, we didn't cast Julia Stiles for nothing, you know. She's a fucking psycho bitch who is interesting. And here we go. Into the final third. I enjoy Orphan First Kill. At this point, I don't need any other Orphan films, but my God, if William Brent Bell 
comes out there going, we've got Orphan, colon, second cousin. I'm fucking here for it. Bex, go. Bex is currently grabbing the charger for our laptop because it's about to run out of charge. <laughs> Damn it, Mark, go. Um, it will probably be in my bottom ten of the year. <laughs> what? Yeah. Shit. Um, what? Yeah. Um, the 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 opening of the movie where you're constantly showing me her from the back when she's way too short for a ten-year-old and then keeps on just, for some reason, just shrinking and getting shorter <laughs> was just, was brutal. Especially when they kept going, oh, she looks like a child. It's like, no, she has the face of a 30-year-old no, woman. <laughs> she doesn't yeah. look like a child. <laughs> yeah. Um... And the thing is, I've seen Orphan, and they don't do that in Orphan. <laughs> so that was was annoying the ever living shit out of me. Um, I, I found it amusing, and then they kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it to the point where I was going, "This, this is this is brutal because it's not it, it's not very good <laughs> what you're doing," um, and. So yeah, so I didn't like that bit, um, and then so don't breathe too. Trying to essentially take the um, the antagonist and not quite make them a protagonist, but make them maybe not as bad an antagonist. An understandable antagonist. Yes. Yeah. And this almost tries to do the same thing. By going, do you know what? She might be bad, but do you know what's worse? Rich white American people. They're worse. And I haven't even touched on the fact that... So hang on a minute. The authorities had her fingerprints, but just decided, yep, this is this is their kid, because she says she is. <laughs> and her name's written in a childlike manner in a book. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, there's an element of suspension of disbelief all the time in any um, horror movie, and I am fine with that. There was too much suspension of disbelief to have to go through uh, in this movie. Okay, I'm very, very, very disappointed, but I don't think I can argue with any of it. The bits. They seem to be very impressed with the look how we're fooling you into believing that she's actually a nine-year-old, and it's just like no, no, you actually ne- you never are, you 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 never are. I mean, I'm I'm into it because this is fucking uh, absolute trash. But yeah, all right, Bex, go. Yeah, pretty much the same to be honest it, it really irritated me like the bit it, 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 the bit where she's talking to the art therapist in that room it's like oh you, does your mummy or daddy work here now she looks like she could be someone's fucking aunt though she does not look like a child she just doesn't facially she doesn't say, 
I did like how they set up that art therapist as like as if she was going to be the main character, <laughs> and then she's fucking dead ten minutes in. Yeah, that was quite good. That yeah, I did like that. Um, like that woman had a rough couple of hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, she has not had a good first day. <laughs> That's not a good first day. <laughs> in fact, the guy's like the, the guy, even the guy who worked there was like, oh. It's a bit crazy around here some days. We'll see you tomorrow. No, no, you will not. Someone, people have just got murdered and she nearly got killed by a psychotic woman. She's not, she's right to go, I'm not coming back. No, but even that irritated me, right? She she leaves a car unattended, unlocked, knowing that there's an inmate free to go and, what, like report it, I guess, to the, the security guards or see what's going on. She comes back. To her unattended, unlocked car. Doesn't fucking check it. She then gets back home and the boot pops open. Even she is quite correctly suspicious of the fact that that's clearly something that shouldn't happen. But she goes to check. She goes to check and leaves her fucking front door open. I mean, that woman, honestly, deserves to die. (laughs) So, yeah, that irritated me. The size discrepancies. Like, sometimes she's, like, fucking knee height to people. Sometimes she's shoulder height. In that, Even in that short sequence where she's walking through the airport with Julia Stiles, head on, she's almost shoulder height. Back on, she's, like, under elbow height. No, be better. <laughs> it's... It, it's just fucking stupid. And then, yeah, so they've clearly got, yep. like, a child playing her when the shots are from behind. Because, like, the gait of her walk and run are completely different and all this kind of stuff. But then she makes no effort to replicate that when it's a front-on shot. Mm. She just walks, like... <laughs> like a 30-year-old woman. Yeah. <laughs> With a 30-year-old face. No. The fire at the end fucking annoyed me when she's just walking through the house cg as fuck cg as yep. fuck and most people in house fires die from smoke inhalation yeah most people die they're from not just like <laughs> skipping through the hallway no i mean that, that yeah that's the point i once nearly set fire to our house while recording a commentary for honor majesty's secret service which on the patreon <laughs> you can hear the moment where I leave and then come back and it's like, my house nearly set on fire. Sorry, point of clarification. Um, Wasn't it the dog? Mm. Yeah. Don't um, take blame for things she's yeah. not doing. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll, I'll take blame for anything that beautiful creature does. But um, I, 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 <laughs> um, I, I forgive that dog so much. But yes, technically, uh, well, it was a bit 50-50. I left a pizza box, a greasy piece of pizza box on the hob, uh, even though the hob was off, and the dog knocked it on. Um, so, yes. Um, so, the point of that, though, is I remember breathing in smoke and being very, very quickly, yeah, this isn't good, and I'm coughing, like, very, very quickly. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, no, she would not be walking slowly through, but this is unfilmed to William Brent Bell, and I don't care. <laughs> there was, a, the thing is, and I, 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 I am genuinely really glad that you've enjoyed it, but there was also, there was so many bits 
where something would happen and you'd watch and go, well, I wonder if that's going to come back. Fucking crossbar. <laughs> the knife that the yeah. fucking, uh, the detective puts in after his baby's drink. Yeah. Like, literally, you see it in, like, literally within the next minute or so, there's going to be a shot of that chopping board again and <gasps> the knife's not going to be there. And lo and behold. I will give it one good thing. I will give it something, though. The moment where you, when you find out Julia Stiles was kind of in on it, you do go, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I I got I, I I did enjoy Esther on the plane, like just going to the toilet and fucking downing that vodka and then just having that freak out. Yeah. Um, like it just, it's so fucking trashy. I mean, like people have been saying, like it's this year's malignant. No, it's not. No, it's not. It, it's it. No, it's 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 not. Like I I I am not gonna say, like this isn't one of my films of the year or anything like that you know but it's but like, it could be in surprises I almost though. feel like this is mm, no because it's unfilmed mm, no. unfilmed the William Brent Bell. yeah he directed Brahms the Boy too um so no was Brahms the Boy too was that like just like pre COVID what in between. Is that the one we never got to see the end of because the fire alarm. No, that was like the relic. No, that, the turning. turning that was yeah. it. Yeah. No, it, it was in between. It was. It was. It was. Oh, no, it was just pre-COVID, wasn't it? Yeah. It was when COVID was happening, but nothing was closing down. <laughs> yeah, I remember it being like January, February. February. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. So. I mean, yeah. I. I just. I. I enjoyed it. Um. And, but at the same time, I'm not going to go, it's one of the best horror movies of the year, blah, blah, blah. Like, I had a good deal of fun with it, um, but because it's a bit shit and it kind of wrong foots. And I honestly, I think Julia Stiles is really, really good casting because I don't think she can play legitimately nice good like there's always there's some there's some edge to julia styles i, I, I think I, like, think like, a, I think that's because she's one of those people that's probably just not a very nice person <laughs> yeah may, 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 yeah may, maybe maybe but it, it and it's like you've got those kind of hints where it's like our family like she she's talking early on and talking about like our family's very important or something it's like what the fuck's that about and then hey, like that the, the, the kid gone Oh yeah, 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 exactly. And then like the kid the, the 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 lad is like a bit of a dick as well. And I just I like how it is just like these are almost like Trump's people, but then you've also got the artist uh, the artist dad who just seems like a pretty decent dude. Mm. And like that doesn't connect at all. Um but I, I enjoyed Julia Styles and the lad. Um, and the, the Julia Stiles casting made way more sense to me once it's revealed, like who she really is. Um, and yeah, I like I say, if Orphan Second Cousin comes out, I'm here for it. William Brent Bell, he, you don't even have to give me credit for the idea. But if if that's the next film and you're involved, I'll, I'll know. We had a film last year, Ian, that we didn't catch. What was it? It's called Separation, and it stars Rupert Friend, um, right. Marnie Gummer, 
uh, and Brian Cox. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Uh, the film follows a father who must take care of his daughter after his wife, who filed for divorce, suddenly dies in an accident, and the two become haunted by a mysterious entity. Great. I hope Brian Cox is the mysterious entity. <laughs> See, the thing is, I'm going to give that a go because, yeah, it's William Brent Bell. Yeah, Willie Brent Bell in the film *The William Brent Bell*, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. The thing is, I'm not joking. The dude directed *The Devil Inside*, which was a film which, if I remember correctly, ended with "Go to this website if you want to learn more." I think he did, yeah. Um, and it like that that film, bad film, but I, the boy films. I mean, the boy genuinely wrong-footed me as to what the twist was. And then the boy too genuinely wrong foots you again by going, yeah, this is kind of what you expected the first film to be, but because the first film wasn't, you didn't expect the second film to be this. <laughs> yeah, I think we said at the time, it's almost like they went, hang on a minute, what if we just did what everyone thought the ending of the boy was going to be for the boy too? Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> and the thing is, you watch it going, but the, but the twist sense. in the boy is, yeah. But the twist in the boy is also like, fuck it, what? All right, cool, let's do that then. You know, I mean, it, it's... I don't know, dude's a, a, a vulgar auteur. He knows what he's fucking doing and he, he seems to deliver. His films seem to make some sort of money. Uh, apparently, Orphan First Kill did all right over here this weekend. You know, and it, I mean, it, it went direct to Paramount Plus in the... The US, which is a shame, but actually, I want to see how much you made over here now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it I, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it, the, 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 the sheer holy shit energy of the twist of the first one is very hard to capture, and I don't think it quite does that. But like I say, I think it justifies its existence. Um, Fisherman's Friends Two opened to fifth. I'm actually quite glad of that. I bet they were thinking like, oh, these fucking shit munchers are going to come in for this one. Not so much. Yeah. Um, right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, da, 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 da. Come on. Where are you? Uh, yeah, Horus. So this is from Screen Daily. Horror sequel, Orphan First Kill, started well for Signature Entertainment with... £434,000 from 320 sites. Um, the first one opened to 570 So, not, not bad. that far off. Yeah. Not that far off. Um, so, yeah. I, 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 yeah. Look, definitely not shit. I know you guys are saying shit. It's fine. I don't care. I had fun. Good, good. Yeah, I'm shit. That. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, we're in the minority on this. I'm used I to it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm used to it, Becky. How are you feeling? I'm normally, I, I'm, I'm really forgiving of horror, and I thought this was a fucking steaming pile of shit. So I don't understand it really. Yeah, you, you are the one of the most forgiving of horror people I know. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. And yeah, I liked the dad's weird fucking blacklight pictures and the twist, and that was it. <laughs> 
the, the, the problem is with the dad's weird black light pictures is I, I, it feels like the sort of thing that I, if I went round to somebody who thinks they're deep, um, like a house, that they'd show me this picture that they bought and I'd be like, yeah, it's great. That. And then they went, no, watch. And then they'd sort of light and get out like a, a black light and shine it on and go, look, it's like two pictures in one. I'd be like, did you have to get out a black light to show me that? It's the light film. But it's just like, so, so hang on a minute, to get the full effect, you have to have two different lights. I still like them. Uh, you can shit on them all you want. No. No. Alright, well if we take that away then it's just a twist. <laughs> and Julia, oh, Julia Styles' head getting splattered on the curb. Yeah, that was quite good. Yeah. I had to put the fact that, 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 that part of her head shot out of her head. I was like, alright, go on then. That was good. Yeah. I like the, the thing. There's some good kills in it. There's some yeah. really fucking good kills. I might watch it again. You'd be on your own. You yeah. Because there's some fucking good kills in it. The gunner kill is good. The gunner kill is good. Yeah. Oh, with the crossbow. Yeah. Well, she no, but then she just fucking just goes for him with Wait, the fucking sorry. fencing sword that's broken. Yeah. Yeah. Little I'm fucking telling you guys unf- unf- well. little fucking pussy ass bitch getting his fucking fencing sword then putting his fencing mask on yeah, to go that... after something that's supposed to be the size of a ten year old girl in reality is the size of either a normal person size height for same height as you Bex I believe right so alright normal person size height then and, and, a, and a four year old depending on where in the film you're watching he has to wear a fucking fencing mask <laughs> Little bitch, she, get a grip. She knows it's you, gonna. Yeah. Nah, not for me at all. Unfilmed, dear William Brent Bell. Definitely not shit eighty percent. Shit twenty percent. Wow. Crazy. Unfilmed, dear William Brent Bell. We have questions. Questions. Uh, Ricky, if you could only watch the films from the filmography of one person from now on, who would it be? Choices wide open, could be an actor, actress, director, composer, anything. Tony Scott. Oh, fuck. Bang. Yeah, the fucking bag there, the bag of there, Bex. Thanks. Well played. Thank you. I thought I'd get in quickly. I didn't even see the question, but it was the first, the first thing I thought. Absolutely fucking Tony Scott. That's a fucking good shout out. Fair fucking play. <laughs> Stop looking at the posters for inspiration. No, I'm not. I'm just. I'm. I'm the thing is, it's. It, 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 mine is going to be Bobby De Niro. Really? Yeah, you've got some classic Scorsese in there, but you've also got some great De Palma in there. You've got Midnight Run for a little bit of fucking comedy in it and action. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going. Yeah, I'm going Bobby De Niro. Also, as well, it, I, I know it's like it, it, it's fashionable at the moment. Or maybe less so. It was fashionable for a while um, to to kind of shit talk De Niro um, because of his his output and bits like that. But I also don't think that his his nineties output ever gets, you know, the recognition that it, it, it truly deserves. It, it often gets talked about that, oh, he was at his best in, like, the, the, the mid to late 70s and, the, you know, the early 80s. 
And then if you go back and look at fucking at De Niro's nineties movies, it's insane. I think it's the more recent ones though, isn't it, that people should He had a weird point in the noughties, but cinema had a weird point in the noughties. Um but yeah, fucking you know, when you just look at just a like his choice cuts of the nineties, like Goodfellas, like Cape Fear, but the, and um, Casino and Heat. But then you've also got things like Ronan, right. Wag the Dog, Jackie Brown, Copland, Sleepers, the fucking fan. So you're allowed to watch that. Yeah, um, we can watch that together. A, a, a Bronx Tale, you know. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein has its problems, but they are not De Niro. They're the fact that Branagh was too busy fucking one of his co-stars behind his wife's back. <laughs> Yeah, alright, fair enough. Yeah, anyway, Ian, what are you thinking? Fuck. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is, it, is it got you a little bit, this one? Run me through the question one more time. Uh, you could only watch the films from the filmography of one person from now on. Uh, yeah. Who would it be? Yeah. Choice wide open. It could be an actor, actress, director, composer, or anything. Who's the person who does the voice for the Wilhelm scream? <laughs> oh, dear. Wilhelm scream. That. Wilhelm scream. Person. That person. That person. Let's have a look. Do, 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 do. This series of sound effects. Who put it together? Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, let's have a look. Oh, wait, no, wait, wait. The scream is believed to be voiced by actor Sheb Woolley. Cool, there you go. Sheb Woolley. Yeah. Yeah, my boy. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Sheb Woolley. I mean, he, he was in quite a lot himself. It's just as an actor. Outlaw Josie Wales. Rio Bravo. Giant. Johnny Guitar. There you fucking go. We have more questions. That's good times. <laughs> All right, here's one. Dylan Black Lanterns. Scenario. You are leaving a pub and some drunks uh, thinks you've been looking at his partner for night and offers you outside for a scrap against him and his two mates. Which two film stars or directors do you summon from the dead to assist you in this fictional oh, uh, tear-up. So they have to be dead, I'm taking from that. Right, so Robert Altman. Um, because that motherfucker was a vicious, drunk motherfucker. And I think he would have pure drunk man energy. <laughs> yeah. So Robert Altman. What 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 uh, one of mine I have taken your your idea with that. <laughs> and uh oh, they gotta be dead. Fuck. 
Um, oh, no, I'm not going to say that person because they're not dead yet. Wow, we. <laughs> All right, good for them. Because I was going to say Yafet Koto. Yafet Koto is dead. He died. Is yeah, he? He died last year, a year before. All right, fuck it. Yafet Koto and Robert Altman. It's not like one of those things like Chris Rea where even his family have to check every year to see if he's dead. Yafet Koto definitely died. Yeah. He drives home for Christmas and they're scared shitless because they think he's a zombie. Yeah. But is that Chris Rea or Chris DeBurr? Fuck! Chris Rea. You're Chris Rea? Yeah. Oh, yes! Chris right. No, Chris DeBurr, no, he's still alive as well. Oh. He, he's the Spaceman Christmas one, isn't he? The, the Space Alien Christmas one. What? A Spaceman comes for Christmas. Chris DeBurr. What the fuck are you talking about? An alien the spaceman comes to Christmas. Is he just the guy that sings Lady in Red? A spaceman comes for Christmas. Spaceman came calling. It's Christopher's song about in Christmas. Wow. Bruce and Brandon Lee. A, spa- a spaceman came Shit, traveling. you've stolen one of mine. <laughs> it's what? Who? You stole Brandon Lee from me. Bruce and You've got Bruce and Brandon Lee. Yeah. <laughs> well played. Oh, fuck, all right. God damn it, that's good. I reckon they'll bounce off each other quite well. Right, I'm seeing if my, my other one, I have one. You can still have Brandon Lee. No, I can't. It goes against the whole rules of what I'm thinking. No, that's not the guy I'm thinking of. Give me two oh, seconds. Uh, right. Da, 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 da. I am having as mine. He is dead. Uh, I'm having Robert Dazar. Oh, uh, uh, Zadar, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Right. That's my. Uh, it was between him and Andre the Giant, but I just think <laughs> Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant would have been looking at this guy's girl. <laughs> so I didn't go for him. But I st- I, I'm, I'm running with Ian's idea of having a director as well and one that likes to drink on a scrap. Right. So, I'm going Sam Peckinpah. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. The thing is... Good. The thing is, right, I think yours would do better, Becky, than mine and Ian's. Yeah. For these reasons. I wouldn't even participate. I'd just let them fight. Right. Neither of those two people drank. Okay. <laughs> so they'd be all right. Ours, <laughs> me and Ian took, were very heavy drinkers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 but if it, it was when you were leaving the pub, they'd probably just be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be... It would be fun. Okay. Can I also point out the fact is that... Becky, were you looking at this person's wife or, or, or partner? Me, me, no. Were you not? Ian, were you? He's too busy thinking about Isabel Furman. <laughs> Having a wank. That's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, were you, were, were you looking at this gentleman's no. girl? Just move on. <laughs> Just move we on. Yeah, probably will. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's all my questions. <laughs> I mean, I... Good questions, actually, though. 
really good questions. Though. They were good. No, I mean, they were good questions. That's the thing, and it's. But I am a little bit hung up on the Isabel Furman thing because <laughs> it's. I. It's how how Isabel Furman looks normally, as opposed to how she looks in Orphan. I want to be so fucking clear on that. <laughs> It's all right. She just looks like a normal adult human female in not in real life. Ian, you don't feel bad. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I just, yeah. Um, I feel like you're torturing yourself. I kind of feel like it. you've been. A... Yeah, yeah. No, I kind of am, and I kind of feel like um, uh, I'm not going to live it down. Because um, the more I talk about it, the worse it is. So I think I'm probably just going to move on. So, what have we got next week? Um, I was also I have been a little bit distracted because um, I've just discovered that the showcase by me are playing Clerks Free, um, and that's very exciting. Uh, so there we are. Um, so next week, Beast. I'm going to watch Idris Elba and a girl who is not his daughter because he <coughs> refused to cast her. Um, because she isn't good um, she, in, in yeah, Beast. She didn't get um, the film because she wasn't very good at the audition. <laughs> and so she was angry with him. Wow. I've got to say, I, I do respect Idris Elba more for that. Like, that's some fucking hard <laughs> non-nepotism right there. Um, it's like reverse nepotism. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, it's, it's, I think it's fucking brilliant. Good yeah, on you him. Can imagine um, going, going, Why didn't I get it? And he going, because you weren't very good. <laughs> That's great. Um, so we've got that and we've got Samaritan and we're going to do the modern Planet of the Apes trilogy. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> I do have a slight question. Do we do that for the patrons? We've still got... What is it for the patrons to do, haven't we? That's a lot to watch. Yeah, we do. No, but they we could push, we could push that another week. Yeah, we could do actually, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think we do that. We all just really try to avoid watching The Wicker Man for some reason. No, we'll watch Wicker Man next week. We'll no, the, play no, the we'll, movies to the following yeah. week, and then we'll do our new um, marathon after that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I reckon it's a good. Little... Oh, all right. So get effed, then Planet of the Apes, then the new marathon. Yeah. Which we've not decided. Fuck yet. it. Yeah, we have. Fine. Are we, are we doing that? Yeah, we're doing that. Okay. That is what you just said, Mark. Yeah. yeah? Yeah, all right, cool, we're going to do that then. Right. Uh, what a fucking catastrophe this has all been. Um, apparently, I'm off to go look at pictures of Isabel Furman. I don't... I don't know. Um, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, bye, Mark. Just don't Google specifically Isabel Furman adult. Don't do that. Yeah. Because I think you might get some different yeah. content. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fair. But also specifically uh, don't Google Isabel Furman child because that would that would also come up as a flag. <laughs> this got, like this, this got a place and I'm nothing I do with this. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Ian. It, Bye. I- <laughs> Bye. I, 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 I just feel like I'm not going to mention Isabel Furman ever until or think about her until the next Isabel Furman film comes out. Sounds fair. 
Is she going to be in that Hunger Games one? <laughs> she was in the Hunger Games, wasn't she? It's a prequel, isn't it? Is it? It's a prequel. Oh, she loves the fucking prequel. Yeah. She's done one. <laughs> the Hunger Games first kill. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye, Mark. Bye. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I apologise. <laughs> that got so weird. And it was all my fault. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually you. It is usually me, yeah. It is. It is.